Foodies, foodies, foodies. Welcome to the Culinary Trapping Podcast. Sound bites. I'm Cam Kadeen. And it's your co-host, Chef Germ. Thank you for tuning in to the number one podcast in the world, in the galaxy. So please make sure that you like, make sure that you comment, and please make sure that you share this podcast with everybody you know, everybody you don't know, everybody you like, everybody you don't like, your family, your mom, your grandma, your grandpa, all of them. And as always... Real food for real people. Foodies, foodies, foodies. Welcome back to another episode of the Culinary Trapping Sound Bites Podcast. Jerm, how you feeling, man? Um, feeling wonderful, marvelous. You know, the usual, you know, beautiful outside. I feel beautiful inside, you know. Oh, beautiful yeah, all a, around. It's, it's a great day over here in Texas. Um, is it? We, yeah, is it really? It's real, it's real good. It's a real good day. I mean. You, you out? Pray, Crazy news. I ain't I ain't out now. I'm I'm say I'm staying inside, man. You staying inside. You gonna work yeah. on your home cooking? <laughs> Are yeah. you gonna go out yeah. for the hookah? I mean <laughs> nah, we ain't got hookah over here. Oh but, man, okay, okay. Uh, I mean, when I go grocery shopping, I mean people ain't gotta wear masks nowadays, so you better double mask up, boy. Got and some. get the little and get the little uh little face shield, you know what I'm saying? So, you know. What's that? It can't hit you. It's a mirror, but just Imagine oh, it's a face shield. Oh, the face shield. Okay, okay. Yeah, you got to get double mask face shield. You know, my mom got one of those. For real? Get those. Yeah, the she little plastic. It? The plastic uh, mask. Yeah, she be wearing it. Yeah, I don't know if it's safe, but you know, it looks yeah, cool. I don't. I don't. I mean, that, <laughs> I don't know. Like safety first, but man, that just be looking weird, bro. Like I ain't gonna lie, I, man. This man. It's like future boy, futuristic. Like if you would have asked me like back, like even like beginning like 2018, like people would be walking around like face shields on, bro. It'd be like, nah, ain't no way. For real. Now here we are, double masked up, face shields, gloves on, everything. Quarantining. Well, it's supposed to be. <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. today we got a special guest. You know, uh Jeremy, did you know it was Women's History Month? um yeah i did all right good uh, just let you know but today we have milani douglas director of public programs at the national museum of women's women in arts how you doing today milani hey how are you i'm i'm doing all right i'm doing all right welcome to the show thank you uh glad to be here i, I love what you guys do so i was excited to uh get a message from you all and get a chance to chat with you all. Oh, I also right. want to shout out my museum. I found a museum as well, Family Arts Museum. So, okay. yeah. is that in, is that in uh, Washington D.C. as well? It's in Washington and Baltimore. It's nomadic, so we travel okay. around and do stuff at farms, laundromats, on the corner. We just bring art wherever it needs to be. Awesome! Y'all need to come down art. to the south too. Facts. Yeah. Art belongs everywhere. <laughs> belongs everywhere. It is everywhere. So we gotta you know, talk about it. Everybody would love to come to the South. Um, that's where my roots are. I'm, I'm born and raised in Baltimore, but my family has a lot of Southern roots. So, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. So what was your food culture like growing up? Oh, wow. So my dad makes gar uh, gourmet barbecue sauce. So we were always used to um, going to uh, a whole lot of different places to buy spices, 
uh, from everywhere. So I got a chance to be exposed to a lot of spices young. My mom is um, from a line of herbalists. So hence the apothecary looking kitchen, <laughs> have every kind of almost, uh, uh, probably most herbs that somebody would think to ask about. So between the two, so my, you know, my dad um, and my mom, between them, you know, on the cooking and the healing side, it was exposed to everything, you know, um, definitely a lot of Southern food, but um, Southern food that was remixed to be a bit healthier. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, <laughs> yeah, a lot of influences from um, the Caribbean, from West Africa, um, you know, so it was a pretty, I hadn't thought about it, but I guess it was pretty, it was like jazz. I grew up in a jazz club too. So it was kind of like, you know, cooking with jazz in the kitchen and stuff. So when you said like food that was like Southern food, but like healthy, are you talking about more so like, you know, greens that just had greens and not like half a pig in it or like what you mean? Yeah, like that. Wow. <laughs> so, so keeping stuff like keep the cast iron pan because we know um, there's certain, you know, minerals and benefits of cooking in cast iron and not cooking with a, you know, a no stick pan necessarily. So keeping right. the things that are beneficial, keeping things like the pot liquor, you know, you want to keep the broths. Mm -hmm. um, but when, but when it comes to throwing a whole, um, a whole pig in it, you know, we might do something else. We're going to do something else with that, you know, uh, make it a little, little seasoned, still keep it seasoned. Um, maybe not cooking things too long. And yeah. also not eating like you're doing a whole day of labor, like whole day of physical labor. Cause we know that food had its reason and its purpose, but um, we've, we've moved into another reason and purpose for why we need to eat. So. Mm. Yeah. And the last question on that. So did your family used to eat chitlins? No. So, you know, this what? woman across the street from us, she used to cook chitlins and I swear you could smell the whole neighborhood. It was yeah, like, that's, that's how you knew it was fire. That's fire. Her house oh. smelled, it was like her house smelled like chitlins and mothballs. I mean, I loved it, but good God, that was a combination. Um, no, 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 no. I've never in my life had a chitlin, not not near chitlin, not one. Mm. Mm -mm. You know, being from the south, I haven't either. I just couldn't get with the smell. Y'all missing out. I, but I was, I know I was around it when I was being cooked, but I was just like, it's foul, foul smell. And I'm like, Man. it's foul across the street. <laughs> yeah. It's no, 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 no. It's not foul. It's just pungent. You know what I'm saying? Very pungent. So. Uh, I feel like y'all should I, give it a chance. Just saying. Bitters, like bitter herbs are pungent. Chitlins, that's a whole nother thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe that. Do you have another word than pungent? We need something a little bit more aggressive. <laughs> um, <laughs> they smell like oppression to me, but I mean like they, <laughs> like oppression? They smell like I Yo, mean that's why I mean they smell like historically like this is, um, we are making the absolute best with the absolute elite. It's like a whole story though. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, wow, that's a whole story inside of that smell. Mm -hmm. And it is, if you think about it, I mean, the, it is a whole story in the smell that is tied to oppression and tied to, you know, a food way that we're making the best out of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I totally respect it. Don't get me wrong. 
I have full respect for all the things that we eat and why we eat them. I just can't get past the smell. Facts, you know, you got to think about the, if we're going to use that whole pig, you know, they was hungry. So pig intestines are probably like the last thing. Like, look, we hungry. We got to use something. Pig intestines. Yeah. When we talk about like, um, when we talk about recycling, when we talk about, you know, using the most and, um, you know, to me, when you look at black culture and you look at black food culture or just black living, it's it, chitlins are a perfect example that we were not one to waste anything. And that has been our food story, our music story, um, our home story, our love story, our family story. Nothing is wasted. Nobody's excluded, um, you know, and so that's why I still, I have a genuine love for chitlins, you know what I'm saying, even though I never <laughs> ate them, but I have a love for that story and what it means to us and also, shoot, what it got us through. It, it smells like oppression because it got us through oppression. I ain't mad at it. I'm just not going to eat it. Okay, I feel the vibes. I feel the vibes. What's your, uh, what's your dad? You say your dad's into barbecue sauce or he creates his own barbecue sauce yeah you talk a little bit about that just growing oh, up man. um i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna stand on my um i'm a daddy's girl so let me put that up front but i do stand on my father's barbecue sauce it is the best barbecue okay. sauce in the land i i'll have to send you guys some so you all can also become disciples of the sauce oh okay. <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah growing up and it was like you know friday after school um usually there would be stuff to like label get boxes together and then early 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 saturday morning wake up with him to go spice shopping um the smell of it in the house but he's also like a master grill like he he he's amazing on the grill um my mom's just she can just cook they they cook my brother cooks Mm -hmm. um men women everybody cooks you so everybody know? was just cooking in y'all's household. Oh man. But it was always something new. So he would do something crazy, like um, he would do something with like crepes, you know what I mean? Like throw something just that you would never imagine in the mix. Um, and he was always trying something new. And if he had friends from somewhere else and they gave him a new spice, they were always bringing him new spices. Mm -hmm. So I got introduced to like palm oil early. Um you know, introduced to like uh, harissa and all kind of spices um, from from just growing up with my dad. You know, I love it. Were you like kind of like beside him when he was making the sauce? Did you like help him make the sauce. At yeah, all? always. That's what's up. Always help him make the sauce and always help you know make it, bottle it. I was always up under both of them, mm. so I and up under my grandmother's. You know, so I just. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. It's, it's so funny. This project has made me think about the ways that we um, that we hid a lot of our um, the term I use the term that the term that I've coined is uh, ancestral and cultural technology. And so, like, um, and that's like the way that I refer to it. But in the kitchen, we we put a lot of our magic, a lot of our spells, a lot of our healing um you know in our recipes our stories our songs so to me the kitchen is kind of like more than a place of eating it's just it's a place of healing it's it's a place of reconnection 
it's a place where gender lines are, bl are blurred and, and also celebrated. Like, you know, so you, you have these things that are extremely masculine, extremely feminine, but everybody crosses, like everybody's got, you know, the aunt who like grills the best fish and then the uncle who bakes the best town cake. You know what I mean? So it's, like this, <laughs> it's this beautiful like um, place where a lot happens. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of our salvation is in there. So that's what's been so exciting about doing this project is, is re reclaiming like that part of my own history mm -hmm. and um, mm -hmm. connecting with other people to do the same. Okay. So I guess we should probably uh, um, elaborate on the project for all the people listening who don't know what it is. So could you go into the uh, reclamation? Reclamation? Reclamation. Reclamation. <laughs> Oops, my bad. I really suck good. at pronouncing words. That's so. how it looks Reclamation. Like you look at it. It does look like reclamation, but um, reclamation. So I started this project in 2015 and I was doing a, a, a workshop called Undoing Racism and it was with the People's <gasps> Institute. You know, I about know that about that. Yeah, my mom loves that workshop. Really? Have you done Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I, I personally haven't like done it but i've been sitting in when she used to do it. yeah oh, very informative so okay. you're so are you in louisiana where are you no right now i'm outside of atlanta but my mom she's from louisiana and then my dad's from mississippi ah, so so she knows the folks down there and they'll do it yeah that's yeah. Awesome. yeah that's good so i was i was in that workshop and it's a fascinating workshop right and not to you know give the whole process not that I could give the process away but one part really talks about culture and and how we identify to culture according to black white um, people of color etc and what stood out to me is um, the disconnect about where people would identify uh, with culture as far as food you know particularly like when it was black and people of co color like food was like a huge part of culture. Whereas people identify, you know, as white, it um, it showed up very differently. So, um, and I was interested also in this process of like, we talk about how racism dehumanizes like people of color and black folk, but we don't get into how um, it really dehumanizes uh, white folks as well. And so everyone is like this, this racism is something that has dehumanized um, people globally, like it is, it is definitely the bane of humanity in my opinion. And so um, I was fascinated at like what, even though we had so much stripped from us as black folks, our food, music, um, you know, our community culture was just like, is just so rich, right? right. And, um, and the food part is where there's so much to it. So that was one part. So I'm, you know, I start ruminating on that. And then um, the next thing you know, uh, Trump announces that he's running for president. And there's like this huge chasm, you know, cause I grew up in the middle of Baltimore city. I went to school in Anaroma County. So my friends group was like, you know from the block to the boardroom. So it's like, you know, you have everything in there and um, people were just like heavily divided. And I had put this post up because a lot of people were catching colds or something. I was like, so what does your family do for like colds? Do you have, is it like, what's your family's version of a warm drink or a broth? And almost everybody says something about basically a hot toddy or a bone broth, right? And I'm like, 
I got somebody from school who like grew up in Thailand, somebody in the backwoods of like, you know, uh, like just trailer parks outside of Glen Burnie, somebody who's like park heights. I mean, everybody had like bone broths. Then they had a liquor, a, a honey and a citrus, something dealing with like, you know, a hot toddy. And I was like, it's amazing that during this time period where people just can't even talk to each other, everybody's on this post talking about this healing. Right. So um, Reclamation was born kind of in that, in those two moments where just realizing that when people move themselves beyond how we identify um, as race, there's this common ground of culture um, that has something to offer food. So the question for me was, what was your great grandmother's approach to healing, to remedies, recipes, and rituals? Mm -hmm. And so when you look at what your great grandmother, your great grandfather did, that's what I wanna know. Like, and how did it change? Um, how did racism impact your family's lineage through food? So like you have Italian people who used to identify as Italian, but now identify as white and they're no longer using garlic. They're no longer using, you know, they're, they're, they're like, there was a period where their food was sanitized so that they could become white. And there was a, there's a book called Perfection Salad where the woman was like the way that we can civilize these new groups of um, white, you know, Italian and Irish is to make their food less spicy, making them more quote unquote civilized, read that as white. So I was just fascinated by all of that and um, decided I wanted to do a project. And then over five years, it, it finally happened. It almost didn't happen. We got a grant from um, the NEA because at first it was like, is this art? Is it not art? And, and I'm a person that's like, it's art. We live in it. It's art. This is where a lot of art is. And then once we got the grant from the NEA, everybody, everybody was real quiet and we were able to do the work and get it done. So yeah. Um, that's the genesis of the project. Wow, I love that. Amazing. Um, what were some things that surprised you um, about the, the project? Two things that surprised me. We have nine artists um, um, that are showing like their very intimate space of the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. So these are artists that are, you know, do a lot of things in professional ways and are you know contributing to the museums and I wanted them to show bare bottom of them cooking in the kitchen, sitting at the table, eating with family, um, you know, share a recipe, share a story. And I was so surprised by their response um, because they were, they talked about how they just hadn't even thought about how their kitchen is just a mirror of their artist studio. Like the creativity that they have in the studio in the same process they have in the studio is what they bring to the kitchen. And, 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 um, and then also I was surprised at how intimate um, the videos that they share, like to really show this behind the scenes. Um, and then the other part I was surprised is that how excited, cause this is also a public exhibition where you can be a part of it by submitting a recipe and a story. And um, I was really shocked that a lot of people were excited and now we're gonna open it back up in September. I think either August or September, because people are like, oh, I want to submit, I want to submit. And I was, and so we're going to open it back up and do uh, another launch of Reclamation Part Two. So mm. that's going to be exciting. <laughs> oh, yeah.
What you about to say, Cam? But yeah, um, after after reviewing everything and getting into it, you know, the Cup song was really interesting to me. <laughs> and also, y'all playing because I never heard of the Cup song, but watching that video, it was like, oh, that's real funny. And it's like that, that was your daughter, right? Yeah, that's my daughter. Um, it reminded me of like, um, so when I was young, we used to do, we used to do all these hand games, right? So we used to do like, um, we would settle whole beefs on a hand game. So like we used to do like, I don't know if they, I don't think they do it anymore, like cheerleading or, but it was like, it wasn't like, it wasn't cheerleading, like go team, go. It was like, your mama thinks she bad. Y'all like, it was like, really like, <laughs> it was around the way, right? So you had all these like um, games that you would kind of compete on like rhythms or, you know, like you had to get in the middle of the circle, you had to dance. And so it, I, when I saw her doing the cup song, I was like, wow, that reminds me of like that tradition or that ritual of like how we would I don't want to say initiate each other into kind of like girlhood, but yeah, if you, if you were new on the block, it's like you had to prove yourself by either double dutching, chair fighting, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You had to have a slick mouth. You had to be a little bit of a slick mouth, you know, not in front of the adults. You better know when the code switch and turn it off. But when it came <laughs> to just the kids hanging out, you had, there was something that was rhythmic and clever, you know, you had to do. And so mm -hmm. her doing the cup song made me think of that. Um, and so I thought it was funny. One, that I couldn't get it. I just was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm. <laughs> I couldn't get it. So it was oh, fun. Man. That was that was cool. And also just like, you know, the kitchen table and y'all playing Monopoly, it reminded me a lot of um, after eating at like a family, like the family getting together, like Thanksgiving, we would play different games, whether it be Monopoly, Sorry, or Spades, or, you know, all these different games. And when I saw that, I was like, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, and because I, I think that um, we really have underestimated how much we do at the kitchen table. And I think COVID has brought it back because now it's like you're working at the kitchen table, you're, you know, having family meetings, you're organizing bills, you're getting to dinner, people are doing schoolwork. I mean, so much is happening, you know, at the kitchen table, but games are a huge part of like the after dinner. And there's one that we're doing a puzzle. Um, there's another where the artist, um, Jossie, uh, Jossie DaCosta Johnson and also Alethea Shen they're painting nails. They're like doing something with their, you know, related to nails um, at the table. And I just think that, you know, it's important to include all of that. Cause sometimes, you know, there'll be art, there's a project, it'll be about food, um, but it won't necessarily get into, I wanted to get into the culture of the kitchen. Mm -hmm. you know really treat the kitchen like a museum gallery and each element like a piece of art so what's happening after dinner what's happening while you're cooking you know how are these recipes being passed down um so um I, I was trying to see how we could capture as much as we could okay were there any rituals that that um weren't put out there that you want to share with us oh wow um yeah there's so much like 
footage. There was this, um, today she had this, this beautiful um, scene of just her and her partner, like cooking in the kitchen together. And, and I just was like, oh my gosh, I wanted to put more of that, you know? Um, because I think there's just this natural dance that happens when people are like cooking together. And then it was just this beautiful, like um, display of like a balance, like between masculine and feminine energy and just seeing that kind of play out in the kitchen space. Um, and then also I wanted to really capture uh, my, my mom. She was showing my daughter uh, how to improve her pound cake. Mm -hmm. And, and my mom was like, um, don't you put my recipe on this website? <laughs> so, so I couldn't put that one out. She was like, don't put all my precious. You can't share that. <laughs> she was like, if they don't funny. know me, they don't know it. I was like, yes, ma'am. Um, so, so there was some of that. And then just, we got some beautiful submissions once it closed. But um, so I'm hoping that, you know, when we revamp it, there'll be other ways to include more. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's funny so you like, it. Go ahead. Not, well, I was going to say, like, out of, the, out of the submissions, like, did you have any favorite recipes that you've seen come across? I, you know, I, so this is the thing I'm about to do next is to start to, um, I want to attempt myself recording and making some of these recipes. Oh, that'd be fun. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> it's, some, it's some good thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love to cook, but um, I don't always follow a recipe. So, so uh, there is a papaya salad recipe I wanted to try. Um, somebody had put in, and I'm trying to see if I can find it. She put in like cannabis brownies or something. So that was a website that was that was something that was submitted. I was like, okay, this is interesting because it's like, this is telling the times, right? So you're yeah. seeing this and that's like what I mean, like how food also sells this political story because literally like six years ago, if I did this project and somebody submitted cannabis brownings, it would be <laughs> a huge, I'd have had to go to the board. I, people would have been like, can you do this? This is terrible. Oh my God. But now, yeah. you, have, <laughs> now you have like this legalization of it in different places. It's normal. It's, it's becoming like, you know, yeah, those people cook with it, you know? So it's like, it's just, but I'm thinking like how recipes tell the story of the politics of the time. So I thought that was a really, I'm, I'm interested in, in that one. Um, and then there were just some great um, vegetables, uh, vegetable recipes. I'm not vegetarian, but I eat like a whole lot of vegetarian food, a whole lot of vegetables. So um, I was deeply like impressed um, with it. And then people are out here baking their behinds off us. Now that part, I might not be able to help anybody with, um, but we're going to see. But there was definitely some um, recipes with baking that I was like, wow. Um, and then to see it play out on the map, like this one Linda's carrot cake. I was like, oh, I got to try that. It actually looked like a good recipe, you know, so... Yeah. I mean, carrot cake is usually, to me, it's hit or miss. But when it's hit, oh, yeah, I can eat the whole cake. This recipe looked like a hit because I feel the yeah. same way. When I look at certain, you know, you see a carrot cake and it's almost like you can look at it. You're like, mm, that looked dry. Yep. You know? It just yep. looks, it looks ashy. And so this one, when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, okay, this looks really, really, like it has some moisturizer. Like it's moist. Like, so I'm just going to, I'm gonna try that one 
Um, but yeah, those are those are some of the um, the ones that I like to try. And the family stories are beautiful. Um, mm. So every recipe typically has a family story because we wanted them to submit, you know, not only a recipe, but tell us your family story with the recipe. Like, how did it, how did it come together? Where is it from? What do you, what do you think you know about the recipe? Um, and so that's been really great to see uh, people submit that as well. Yeah, it's always a story behind these recipes, especially yeah. the family ones. Always a story. Um, and I did that because we have this thing called the Curative Collective, which were community organizations working at the intersection of art, food, and social justice. And they served as like advisors. And I was talking to someone about the recipes. And we got into this interesting conversation and where, where we kind of came to this point that we were like, yeah, you know, with Black folks, there's a history of people taking our recipes and making things like whole entire liquor companies, pancake mixes and all kinds of stuff on it. So <laughs> people may not want to share um, their recipe. So that's when I said, well, okay, if they don't want to share their recipe, they could at least share their family story. And, and so that way you could enter the project either way that you wanted to. You didn't have to, you don't have to submit your recipe um, if your levels of trust are rightfully low, you know, um, even though that's not my intention behind the project, I respect the history that informed that trust. So you could just submit your family story if you wanted to. Yeah, that's a good idea. I know even like with the recipes of my family, they're more like guidelines. They're not like, right. like I asked my mom the recipe for like, she makes like the seafood dressing. And I ask for it like every Christmas because I forget it every Christmas. And it's like nothing specific. It's just like this, you need this, 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 and that. And I ask her like, yo, how much am I supposed to have? She's like, you know, just enough. I'm like, okay. Like, Your answer's going to Like, what? Yeah, just, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, the ancestors, <laughs> once again, the ancestors just going to tell me like, all right. Right. It, it just, it, she just sent me, it just say butter. It don't tell me <laughs> stick, half a stick. It just say what? butter, bro. Like, I don't know how much, but I'd be like, all right. Is it a you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It just say butter. It's like, all right, <laughs> put some butter so, in it. Like, <laughs> so um, um, Amanda Bear Cruz, who is uh, my public programs manager, she's also one of the co-curators, and she was saying how she has like an extensive food history background. She's like, no recipe, like by the third time it's cooked, by like the the second person who touches it, it's now a different different recipe, you know, and so like. It's like literally no recipe is expected to like have this, you know, especially when it's traveling to a family, maybe not to a company. You know what I mean? I think, you know, people might want to get their cookie company recipe the same. We want some consistency. But once it starts to travel to a family, it it, it changes dramatically. Aunties and uncles oh, yeah. putting their own twist on it. Oh, Listen. yeah. But I did crack the code, so... The code for my family to figure out a recipe is I pick one ingredient. So if they say butter, I'm like, all right, so do you put more flour or more butter? And they'd be like, oh, you put um, a whole thing of butter, but you only need like a half a thing of flour. And you like half of what thing, but it's closer, right? So I'm yeah. like, okay, so do you put no more flour or more water? Oh, you only need a little bit of water. So for everything of flour, you put like, 
uh, a quarter of that award. And I'm like, I yeah. need to get closer. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's exactly how it was with my mom's dressing recipe because she had, I think it was like chicken broth or something. And it didn't have like an amount. It was just said chicken broth. So I'm like, well, how much chicken broth? And she's like, until it's moist. I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I mean, I was like, moist before, after? She's like, you know, I'm like, all right, you know. It's a whole situation. <laughs> yes. And, and, but that's like the way you got to crack the code. Like, get into two ingredients and get them to compare everything to those two ingredients. And then it's like, okay, now I can figure out something. But it's definitely, oh, you need a little bit of that, a little bit of this, some extra this. And then I'm like, okay. And then when they taste it, it becomes a whole nother recipe because they like, no, you need a little bit more of this. And you're like, okay, yep. now I messed up all my, all my, all my ratios messed up. I had a three to two to one to two to a half to two. And you mm-hmm. just messed it all up. It ain't nothing but you and them ancestors in that kitchen trying to figure it out. So Every time. <laughs> Every time. So it's funny you mentioned Jossie. We had her on the show a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. um, the butterfly PT. Did you get a chance to try that? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love. So, yeah, I love. I have some up here. You got yes, some. Mm-hmm. I had it. So I learned about butterfly PT through a dream. Yeah, so like uh, I, uh, I, it was green. Wait, wait, here we y'all go. Y'all all what? the details. <laughs> this is it's spiritual. Y'all are getting all the details. I'm not. This adds to my theory <laughs> that it's from Wakanda. Because you know Seriously. when you know, you know Black Panther, when he went to sleep, he went to sleep and he was, he was in his dream. I'm telling you. So <laughs> I learned about it in a dream pre-Black Panther, though. I'm serious. I didn't... Yeah. <laughs> y'all getting all the details. Think y'all going to be like, <laughs> like, y'all have this uh, uh, voodoo woman working for this. <laughs> Which? Ah! I'm just saying it's true, though. <laughs> so let me tell you. So, okay, do y'all, y'all want to know the story or? Yes, 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 <laughs> okay. yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> so my massage therapist was Candace Meekins, right? Candace studied from uh, Thai massage. She went to like Thailand to like learn Thai massage, right? Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal. I go to her to get a massage. And so in the middle of the massage, like, I'm, like, knocked out. I'm in a whole other dream. I'm, like, in a whole other, I'm on another planet. And I'm there, but I'm not there. And I'm in another space. And it's, like, I'm on this kind of, like, flat. And it's this kind of, like, bamboo or something building. But it's also open. This man walks up to, while I'm getting a massage, and hands me this cup with this blue liquid in it. And then he squeezes something into the liquid and it turns purple. And I lift my hand up to grab it. And Candace on this realm, she's like, Milani, are you okay? And I like wake up and I was like, girl, I just saw a man giving me some tea. <laughs> I said he was giving me a blue liquid. She said, so I told her more about it. So Candace then, I'm like thinking, because I get stuff in dreams all the time. I'm like, okay, I'll look it up a little bit later. I'm not, you know. But she was fascinated. She was like, like what is you know, uh, a tea that turns blue, a drink that turns purple. Um, and so she looked it up and it was the butterfly PT, 
which has this really crazy name like clitofloria or something, but it's for women's reproductive health primarily, right? Oh, and okay. so I was working sense. with, the, I mean, it makes sense. The Latin right. is in there, the Latin is in there. So, and I was like working with like different women on like women's reproductive health. So I ordered some of the tea and got it and I love it. So then Jossie, when I found out that not a lot of people know about it, but then when Jossie um, had it and I was like, you have it too. And so now my daughter, anytime she goes through kind of like a, when she learns a certain kind of um, lesson, like last year, her lesson was confidence. She had to learn self-confidence. So once she masters it and she's doing things like going downstairs in the dark, sleeping by herself, you know, these kind of things about speaking publicly, asking for what you need, um, we'll have this little ceremony where I talk about how big things that are hard, like lemon can change into something sweeter. So she gets to drink the tea and all that kind of stuff. It's a whole ritual. But um, so that's, that's how cute. I found out about I like that. Isn't it cute? It's fun. And so that's how I found out um, about the tea. But yeah, every time she has a milestone is, is the only time that I really let her have the tea. Wow. Yeah. The tea so changes lives. It's out here changing lives, y'all. All from a dream and a massage. Get your massages. You have some, you get downloads of like <laughs> teas and recipes. Um, but yeah, I get, I get, I that's I learn a lot for whatever reason. And my like when I'm dreaming, I'll see another herb and I'll try to look if I look it up. It's 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 just a interesting landscape in my head around dreams. But yes, I learned about it through a dream while I had a massage. Have you dreamed of any other food or drinks before? Um, yeah, I've just dreamed of like teas. Like I've dreamed mostly like if I'm, okay, so I make my face oil. So I'll make my like stuff for my face. I make stuff for my hair. So if I'm trying to figure out a recipe, I'll literally, when I'm dreaming, figure out what's missing from the recipe feel that you know what i'm saying so it'll it'll be like i'm in the kitchen or i'm buying i'll be somewhere buying the recipe buying stuff for the recipe and i'm adding it to my cart or something weird like a grand my grandmother or somebody will come and like put something in the cart and we're look you know the subconscious mind is like right with all these things so primarily healing recipes not as much food you know um, or I do, if it's food, it's like, I'm shopping for the food. Like I'm, I'm at some sort of, like I went to a fish market and my mom and I, we were looking at fish and she was, you know, of course somebody was like, she's like, who's pregnant? But, um, we couldn't figure out who's pregnant. So, you know, those traditions carry down, you know, so, um, so, but, but that's where it'll, where it'll come up for me in this weird way, you know, so. That's how it happens. I, if anybody out there is having the same thing, find me on Instagram or something because yeah. I, I know it can't just be me <laughs> with these dreams. So being a, a tea connoisseur, what are you drinking on right now? I am drinking on a Moroccan rose and black tea. Okay. It's All really right. Good. That's a cool cup. What is, can I see that cup? Yeah. It's from Seattle, Washington. And, oh, but dope. inside has like all this abstract painting. So yeah, um, it's one of my, one of my favorite. It's my mug I go to when I want the tea to actually cool down. 
if I want the tea to stay hot, then I have like a thermos. But when I want the tea to cool a bit and I don't want the flowers to um, uh, heat as long, because sometimes you can, certain herbs, if you heat them too long, they start to get bitter. So um, I'll put the ones I want to cool in this cup. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. I'm always um, drinking on something though. <laughs> are, are you familiar with the Aunt Jemima uh, situation on the controversy in that, the story? A little bit. I know that she's no longer on the pancake box. Is that right? Did they take yeah. her off the, they took her off? Yes, they yeah. should. Yeah, what y'all, how y'all feel, what y'all thinking about, about this? <sighs> yeah, we touched on it. We touched on it. Uh, a lot in um, earlier episodes, but we kind of oh, dived really? into it. Um, I never knew that it was kind of like a, a racist, has a layer of a racist background. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I was just kind of thinking about, you know, it being, you know, Women's History Month and um, looking into the research of it, you know, Andre Mama was kind of an entrepreneur in her own right, but kind of had like a bad deal to where, mm -hmm. you know, her family didn't kind of really see um, get properly, you know, compensated for those years and years of her being on the label. Um, but yeah, I just kind of want to see if you had any insight on that. But, well, I want to see her family compensated. That's what I want to see. I, yeah. I want to see her descendants not have to pay for um, childcare and college, you mm -hmm. know? Um, I want to see them, you know, have startup money for their own businesses and you know, so I'm, 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 I'm definitely, you know, glad it's off from a visual level, but I'm also interested in um, how that aesthetic uh, shaped the reality for her family, you know, and like, so you use the aesthetic, but then it, it didn't, it looked good for the company, but it didn't look good for her family. Like, where are they now? You know, so how do we make it look good for them? And I want to see their family have these benefits for twice as long as she was on their products. So if it was on there for 50 years, that family needs a good hundred years of benefits and the company needs to pay for it. So, you know, I, I mean, I'm glad that it's off, but I, I'm trying to figure out why her descendants have to kind of figure it out. Yeah. They be doing us dirty, man. They be doing us dirty, why? Yeah. You know, and, and that's why I think like cutting a check or taking it off. No, that's that's not enough. I mean, uh, yeah, cut the check and. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? It's a yes cut the and check. situation, cut you know. The cut the check and because you know what I'm saying? Because it's not like, okay, you made money, but you also made leisure. You also made free time. You made, um, you made a, a profit that allowed your family to have time to do things like think about new ideas, new businesses, new ways of being, relax together, enjoy each other. And so, to me, when it comes to you know, um, like reparations, I, I mean, if you if 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 one of the um, benefits of these kind of stories was you had someone taking care of your kids. Okay, so you had someone, you know, 400 years caring after your family. Well, then we need 800 years 
of childcare. You know, you had someone 400 years making it so that you could go to school because you didn't have to labor in the fields. Well, gone give us 800 years of education. You know what I mean? So I, I want more, I, I want more than a check. Absolutely. Uh, and, and people who are listening to the podcast, you can't see my big old smile, but I'm saying it with a big old smile. Like I want more than a check. You know, so. <laughs> but we need that too. Like we oh, yeah, said in our too. previous episodes, give us the pay, get out the way. Give us the pay, get out the way. Yeah, get out the way and, and give some things back. You know, there's a lot of land that was stolen, you know? So we just, you know, there's a lot of taxes, a lot of red line. So we, we, gonna, we just going, you know, let's have a round table discussion about it all and just get us all back on the same, you know, starting place. Yeah, one day, hopefully. <laughs> one day soon. One day Maybe. soon. Maybe. Mhm. Oh. All right. Um, Jeremy, got got anything else you want to add? To anything? Um. <laughs> I did have one, but I didn't think about it. But what what is your what? I know you don't bake, but what is your favorite thing to bake? I know oh. you've, you've done at least one thing that you like. Cause I don't really bake, but I made a um like some like a rum cake with like mm. or a little rum icing. It was so like it was like perfect. Like it wasn't like super sweet. It was moist and the icing was amazing. And but I don't really bake like that. But it's like the best thing mm. I've made. So about so if I am doing something in the oven and I'm baking, I'm usually broiling and I'm broiling fish. And I love to um, make a, I take onions um, and I mix it with like a mustard and palm oil and then season it so that it creates like this mustard sauce and then um, marinate the fish in the mustard and the um, little put of palm oil. And then I stuff the fish with like spinach and um, a little bit of tomato. And so then I'll broil it after it's marinated. So I'll do that or take Sounds like good. scallops. Yeah, like take king scallops and soak them in like miso and seaweed, um, but cut them up. And then the king scallops take on that flavor and broil them so they taste like scallops. Um, the, king, the king mushroom is the, it's the big mushroom if you slice up the stem. You can like marinate it in a miso and a seaweed, and it literally tastes like scallops. It's really good. Um, I need to get some of that. I've heard yeah. some things about that mushroom. It's a it's phenomenal. It's a really really good. And this is someone from Baltimore saying that a mushroom tastes good as a scallop. So you know, I And the only thing I ever baked is I did a um. I did a brownie, but I double baked it and I made this this pecan caramelized crust on top. <laughs> so I did like butter pecans and sugar and I like coated it again. And then I fired the top. So the brownie was cooked underneath. And um, pardon me, the um, somebody from my daughter's school called. The brownie was cooked underneath. And then like, I just fired the top, which had like the pecan sugar, butter kind of like mix. So it created like this kind of candy on top of the brownie. Sounds that good. good. So I mainly don't bake just because um, 
I just feel like the things that I bake are just going to put me in the hospital one day. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about you. Hey. <laughs> now she bakes. This is the baker. This is this is the pound cake queen, and <laughs> she she will research and she's a good researcher. So she'll call the whole family to get her baking recipes and also research them online. So she she's oh. taking that. That's her job. Oh, pound cake okay. queen. Okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i got i got one more question okay um who are some of the you know women in food that that you would you say i would say kind of look up to just in life in your lifetime you're like these women in food kind of inspired me b smith um i remember when i was little like going to her restaurant in dc to see mm. this i mean to see this black woman i guess i was in my teens Black woman took over like the president's lounge of the train station and put a restaurant in there. And she was a model and had a cookbook <laughs> and she was just so fly. So I loved her. Um, Jessica B. Harris, I love her. Her writing, she wrote High on Hog. Um, Therese Nelson, um, she like what she's bringing to the table. Um, you know, it's so, it's so many. Um, as far as like women in it, um, uh, Tracy McCurdy, she does everything by any greens necessary. So she did that cookbook. Uh, Lauren Vanderpool, um, who's she's an artist in the exhibition, Queen of Fua, you know what I mean? Like, so um, just, just it's so many ways to, yeah. to go with. But then also just people's grand, their, their aunties, shout yeah. out to the aunties. <laughs> Those are my folks and um and shout out to uh the you know to the men that uphold the traditions with us and and support like all that work that we do together, you know. So hey, holding it down. Holding uh, it down. I, I love you touched on uh gender norms, you know, about you know, you got some guys out there that bake a cake, you know, and you got some women out there to hop yeah. on the grill. Yeah, we do. And, and I think, you know, and that's the one thing I will that I that I was that I loved about growing up in a, um, in a black household, like, just, I feel like the men are just so participatory, like, in, in so many aspects, you know, like, I mean, they're just everywhere. They in the kitchen, they get the groceries, they, you know, they learn the stuff, they figuring out stuff, they bossing on the grill. They, so yeah. it's like, you, so there's, just growing up with that um, idea of men and women being actively engaged in the keeping of the kitchen and the keeping of the house and the keeping of like the family. And, um, and sometimes I think that story uh, is not told the way that it happens like in our homes. Cause we know they can make it look any kind of way, but we know mm -hmm. the uncles and the aunties, everybody, everybody. Is and everybody yep. that defines in between. So the kitchen is just where everybody is. And I love that part of growing up in a black household. Absolutely. Well, Milani, we do enjoy your time. Thanks for coming Thank on the you. show. If somebody wants to connect with you, where would they go? So um, on Instagram, you can look up Family Arts Museum. And you can also look up Milani, M-E-L-A-N-I dot naive. And um, if you Google Milani Douglas, you'll, you know, likely find an email address or an article or, you know, something 
Um, but, you know, reach out to me and I'll be happy to hear from folks. All right. All right. We'll catch y'all on the next episode. As y'all know, real food for real people. And we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. Who's saying?